uh, uh, next is roll call. Please say here when I uh, say your name. Vice Chair Joy. Here. Commissioner Gabby. Here. Commissioner MJ. Here. Commissioner Michelle. And Commissioner. Trying to log on. Oh. She couldn't find the link, so she should be on shortly. Okay. And then uh, Commissioner Jonathan. Here. Okay. Do we have Parks and Community Services Director Lynn? Human Services Manager Jen? Here. Human Sur Service Coordinator Annie? Youth Services Coordinator Reggie? Here. And Human Services Coordinator Amanda? Here. All right. Uh, next, I believe Jory will read the land acknowledgement for tonight. Okay, I'm gonna need about 10 more seconds. <laughs> All good. We acknowledge that the Southern Salish Sea region lies on the unceded and ancestral land of the Coast Salish peoples, the Duwamish, Muckleshoot, Puyallup, Skykomish, Snoqualmie, Snohomish, Suquamish and Tulela tribes and other tribes of the Puget Sound Salish people. And that present day city of Kirkland is the traditional heartland of the lake people and the river people. We honor with gratitude and uh, gratitude the land itself, the first people who reserved treaty rights and continue to live here since time immemorial and their ancestral heritage. All right, great. Thank you so much, Jory. Uh, who would like to read the next land acknowledgement for the next meeting? I believe it's going to be. I think I'm up. I haven't done it in a while. Okay, Jonathan, thank you. All right, next we have approval of minutes. Um, if there are no questions on the minutes, I would love to entertain a motion to approve the November 1st, 2022 meeting minutes. So moved. Thank you, Jonathan. Do I hear a second? I will second. Oh. Oh, MJ, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. If there are no further questions, all in favor of the motion say aye. 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 Any opposed? Abstentions? Motion carries. All right, next. Uh, Reggie, do we have any guests for tonight? We do not. All right. Folks are taking off early, perhaps, <laughs> this week. All right, next, uh, on to business items. Um, so we're going to switch up the agenda this evening, and we're going to start with the, I don't know how to say this acronym, but I'm going to say the full thing, DEIB updates. <laughs> um, I'm going to hand it over to Jen to introduce Erica, who is the city's new DEIB manager. So on to you, Jen. Yes, on to me to really hand it off to Erica to introduce herself. So I know this group has been anxiously and patiently waiting to meet Erica as the city's first new DEIB manager. So Erica will go into this, but DEIB is diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging and is quite the mouthful and quite the load of work. And she has hit the ground running since she started earlier this year, this summer. So she is here tonight to introduce herself. Um, there will be plenty of opportunities for engagement in the future. And 
Eric and I um, have talked a lot about different ways to engage the commission and different ways that you have already provided feedback on the roadmap, which is one of her um, main, I would say, overarching projects as the city's manager is to oversee the implementation and provide updates on progress of that five-year plan. So I will pass it off to Erica to do a little introduction and then just share with you about some current efforts and where we are headed. Erica. Thanks, Jen. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, so I am going to start by introducing myself. I know that I have been working closely with some of you, so you already know me. Um, and so just please bear bear with me um, as I go through that introduction for those uh, of you that don't know me. But um, I'm going to start uh, with my personal background. Um, I was born and raised in El Paso, Texas, to um, Mexican immigrant parents. My first language is Spanish. And um, I think ever since I started to learn English, I always provided language access for my parents. And so as I've grown up, I've always found the importance of language access, and I've tried to take that and implement it in all the work that I've done throughout my career. Um, professional background, I have worked in the fields of intergovernmental work, communications, community relations, outreach and engagement, public involvement um, that heavily tied to Title VI from the Civil Rights Act, um, business development, small business utilization, congressional delegation um, liaison or relations, and program management. And so within that work, that experience, I have worked um, in the industries of water quality, wastewater, uh, parks, flood mitigation, uh, river and creek restoration projects, um, green building projects, transportation, high risk driving um, behavior, um, and um, um, yeah, I, I think that kind of covers uh, a lot of my background um, in in a concise way. Um, but I do like to highlight the fact that I did serve as a White House appointee under the Obama administration. It's been the highlight of my career, uh, serving the American people and getting to work with the first um, Black, the first and only Black president of the United States. It, it's really an honor. And um, in that work, I worked in the capacity of being the sole congressional liaison for uh, GSA. GSA, if you don't know, is the, the landlord of the federal government. So um, we managed all the, the buildings in Region 10, which entailed four um, different states. And um, besides that, I was the special assistant to the regional administrator. So we worked on um, DEI-related initiatives to President Obama, um, including I was nominated for nominated and selected to participate at a national um, environmental um, 
um, group where we talked about every all the work that we were doing and how that related back to um, um, just engagement and participation and really getting uh, the communities to participate in the work that we do. And sometimes at the federal government level, that can be a little tricky because it seems like we're farther removed than working locally. Um, but um, again, it was an honor to to work on those projects. Um, next, I want to review with you a little bit about the DEI roadmap. I know that Jen sent out the link uh, to you and that you had already provided feedback on the roadmap um, when that was coming together. And thank you for, for providing that feedback. Um, the roadmap, as you know, it's 68 objectives. And um, something that I like to remind everybody, objective 15.2 um, talks about how the community and how staff can actually add more objectives to our current version of the roadmap. Or if it doesn't really piece into what the roadmap is now, it could also be part of the next iteration of the roadmap. Um, and so I, I like to bring that up um, um, and remind everybody that that's available. And so we have a process in place where you can participate um, by providing feedback. Um, the way that that process works, it would be that you would bring the feedback to me and then together we would complete a legislative request memorandum and then that memo would go to city city council where they would have to um, vote in that new objective or new action item to an objective that already exists and so with the roadmap um we adopted the roadmap just a couple of months ago. And during that meeting with city council, um, they said that I would need to come back in a year to report back to them on where we were. Uh, and so basically from that time on, I decided that I was going to work myself backwards. And um, as I'm working on the different objectives, I'm collecting um, information on the scope of work that it took to complete those objectives, the deliverables. And then also right now I'm actively working on developing um, evaluation, um, an evaluation process that will allow us to evaluate a completed objective to be able to measure the impact and also evaluate if there are next steps. And so with some of the objectives, there's an ending point where, um, like, let's say, for example, um, the objective that calls to hire the DIB manager, well, they, they've brought me on. And so there's no next steps to that. So that objective is complete and there's no further next steps. But there are other objectives where the objective um, could be a long-term project within itself, but the action item tied to that objective is quite a lot smaller. So in the evaluation process, um, it's about determining what we're going to do as next steps. 
in either continuing that work now or determining if it's part of the next iteration of the roadmap to continue that work. Um, and so even though um, my report to city council is not due till next summer, um, the mayor has asked uh, to meet with her and report to her on a quarterly basis, which I really uh, enjoy doing and getting her feedback, as well as with the city manager, uh, Kurt Triplett. And so for my first quarter, um, oh, actually, uh, let me go back. I, I was brought on on the 8th of June, and so I'm almost up to having six months on the job. And so what I'm going to report to you now is my first quarter, and then I'm going to share with you a little bit of the work that we are doing right now during this current quarter. And so during the first quarter, I really was trying to focus on um, uh, really understanding the, the roadmap in relationship to each of the different departments and the work that they're doing. Um, the, the all the organization, I have felt that they have a, a good understanding of expanding the DIB lens through the work that they do. And so um, I have been very happy with the amount of enthusiasm that I have received uh, from staff and the community because there's a lot of, um, I, I think the staff and the community all really have um, a true care about the way that things develop within the city. And it's very helpful in, in trying to um, uh, develop the work around the roadmap. And so um, during this time, um, I met, I'm sorry, during the first quarter, I met with 51 people, uh, whether they were residents or uh, community groups or organizations. Uh, I participated in 31 different events and I met and worked with 78 different staff um, on different projects. And so um, it sounds like quite a bit, but when you think about the city having 600 staff, I still have quite a bit to go. <laughs> and then of course, getting to know the, com the community and getting to know um, um, those that don't usually participate and um, also our BIPOC community and um, really learning about where our BIPOC community is and how how to reach out to them. And so um, I think with that, it's been interesting because a lot of the time when I'm having conversations with staff through projects, um, I, I notice that there's a lot of connection between saying the BIPOC community and also the social economic um, challenged uh, community. And sometimes um, that doesn't really, it, it does connect at a certain level, but here in Kirkland, there's also a BIPOC community group that 
perhaps works at Google and they don't really fit that demographic that um, we tend to center our idea of uh, serving BIPOC disadvantaged um, community members. So um, just making all those connections has been very valuable and important to me. And through those connections, I have met and worked with Gabby and Jonathan and MJ. Uh, I think we meet regularly or we talk about um, things that we see out in the community. And that has been very special to me. Thank you so much for all the work that you do with the community and inviting me to be part of it. As far as process and work, um, during this uh, first quarter, I gave um, three different presentations to city council. I first presented on the Native History Document and Land Acknowledgement Usage Guide um, as a resolution. And then the next resolution was accepting the roadmap. And then the last one that I did was in September. Um, and I'm sorry, this was not a resolution. It was the Hispanic Heritage Month proclamation. And I worked closely with Gabby on, on that specific um, work. And she uh, came by and she helped me film a Spanish um, reading of the proclamation. So if you haven't seen that, maybe we can share that with, with the group, Gabby. <laughs> um, now, I do have to say that there's work around that we're doing right now around proclamations. Um, after this Hispanic Heritage Month proclamation, there was discussions about um, how how much how time consuming they can be at the beginning especially if we have more than one in city council meetings and so we were talking about cutting back but if any of you joined the last city council meeting um we we had a group that came in to accept the proclamation for transgender remembrance day and that presentation was very lovely um we had a big group a lot of um, uh, diversity in age, and um, the person that accepted the the proclamation gave also a nice uh, speech um, after and, and during comment time during city council. Um, but we didn't have anybody that accepted um, our Native American uh, Heritage Day proclamation. And in part of that was because I didn't, I, I thought that we weren't going to um, do long proclamation presentations. And so now we're trying to work that in because I think there's mixed feelings. I think city council loves the presentation of the proclamations in their heart, and then also trying to keep an equilibrium on time on how long these meetings go. And so I'm kind of hoping that we can narrow down on specific proclamations where we actually do have a big presentation and um, be able to um, give the opportunity to the community uh, to participate in those. Um, I think it's very rewarding. Uh, 
Moving on, um, road roadmap tools. So coming on board, um, I really loved the, the format of our roadmap. It was well organized by different goal areas. But in trying to think about how I was going to connect with the different directors across the organization, um, I, I thought that I needed a different format. And so what I... I worked on was uh, taking apart the roadmap and then reorganizing it by department in order to uh, be able to have those conversations with each of the directors. And um, that has worked very well um, as we have our monthly one-on-ones with each director and kind of going over the status of each objective and narrowing in on what tasks, what part of the scope for each objective we need to work on and um, taking notes. There's also a section where we're going to dive into the deliverables and milestones. And then, as I mentioned, um, earlier really looking at the impact and evaluating the work once it's accomplished so that we can see what the next steps are. Um, the next tool um, is the impact tool. So I think I've already described that. Um, uh, we also worked on a video that um, explained the roadmap. And this idea came through um, Gabi's community group, uh, the, the King County Promotores Network. Um, they advised me that it, it would be very helpful to have a video that explained DIB because there's a lot of people out in the community that could benefit from knowing that this exists in the city, but really not having the opportunity to connect with me directly right away. And so having these tools available in language to um, be able to connect. Um, and so then I'm gonna, dive into a little bit of the work with each of the departments. And please, if you have any questions along the way, let me know. Um, with finance, um, we started working right away when I came on board on a tool that would um, help the directors as they were putting their packages together for their budget work um, to run the DEI lens. And so we created a tool that um, is has different tiers depending on on you know you you kind of look at the tool at first to to determine if you need it so it's very high level and then if you determine that you need to look at that section um, at a deeper level there's questions and a checklist of items to take in consideration as they were putting their budget packets together. So um, that, that was very useful. And now I'm taking that same tool and I'm bringing it to the engagement outreach team because I think it really facilitates the the checklist as a reminder as they're conducting outreach or building campaigns uh, of all the elements to think about whether it's in communication, Title VI, um, language access, um, 
ADA. Um, and so there's just the, the different elements that um, you need to think about as you are going to conduct outreach or a public meeting, whatever it may be. Um, I wasn't here when the work started for um, the capital projects equity tool. But our finance department took a first dive into creating this tool. And basically, this is a, a GIS map that's layered. But in, we're trying to collect different data that we could layer on top of it so that it can be more informative on the work that we're doing. Um, I, I was able to, through my conversations with different staff, I was able to connect different departments uh, to this tool, including um, the human services uh, team, um, so that they know that it's available. And also so that this is one of those objectives that has the potential for us to keep working on. And so um, now I'm working with IT to see um, who can be the point contact on that tool and then bringing an internal team together to feed um, ideas and information to grow that tool out. Um, Jen, how are we doing on time? Am I getting, am I going too deep into each department? We're good? Okay. Great. Um, equity review and procurement contract process. And so this also falls into the finance department. And so it's about running an equity review on how we do business with businesses. And so um, in trying to dive into that work, I had asked if it was possible to retrieve reports from the current electronic tools that we have to um, learn how many businesses are in our system. Uh, from those businesses that are entered in the system, how many of them have we conducted business with? Um, and how many we have not? Can we contact them and ask them why they haven't um, gone after work with the city? And just kind of learn from that. And as it turns out, we didn't have a very good um, tool, a good software to be able to produce those reports. And so um, currently we're working on that deliverable of, of coming up with a solution for um, a way to be able to retrieve that information and uh, have reports available in order for us to conduct the equity review and talk to businesses about the work that we do with them or not to do with them. Hey, Erica, it's Jonathan. Yes. Just a quick question. Um, do we track the, um, uh, you know, demographic data on the businesses such as black owned businesses, you know, or minority owned businesses or women owned, like a maybe weeby kind of uh, tracking system. So we know how many vendors in the system are um, women owned or minority owned, et cetera. And then how much we're spending with each. We don't have that, Jonathan, and I had asked that because I had an interest in, um, you know, when you're talking small business utilization, we use the the uh, women-owned, minority-owned um, um, language, 
but um, I definitely did want to see a breakup and I want um, also tribal uh, companies to be represented. So we don't currently have that. And like I said, it's kind of like the first piece getting um, the tool to be able to produce those reports and also getting to look at our forms. Are we asking for that information? Um, thank you for thank that you. question. Yeah, thank you. I may, if you're looking for any um, external contacts to network on how best to do that, um, I have some resources for you. Thanks, Jonathan. We we should talk. Okay. I appreciate it. Um, and then last on finance, um, I worked with the city clerk on updating the language for the commission opening flyer. And so there's more work to be done in that um, area. There is a an objective on the roadmap that calls for us to stand up a, a community program so that the community can learn about what the what what the city does as an organization and kind of walk uh, community members that are interested in um, first letting them know what each department does, what services it provides to the community, and um, have have an engagement part that allows them to learn what it's like to participate in a board or commission. And um, we're currently working on that project and we're trying to stand up the project early next year with the first um, iteration of the program. And um, I welcome community feedback. So if you're interested in providing feedback, I. I would love to hear from you. I just had a call earlier today with Gabby and uh, she provided great feedback about finding a name and also about um, the structure around the program. And I'll talk a little bit more about that uh, towards the end of the presentation when I talk about what we're working on now. Um, Kirkland Police Department. So. Um, I work closely with MJ through Kirkland Indivisible Group, and we have a lot of conversations about police and uh, specifically the SROs, the officers that are in schools, and the impact that um, that causes um, children of color. And um, MJ has done a great job of pulling data that um, is available through the reporting systems of the SROs. And we've had great conversations on really breaking up that information to, to look at really what are the, the concerns that we have around the SRO program. And so, um, Thank you, MJ, for your participation in that. I, I really value that. Um, I think a lot of my conversations with the police are around the SROs through the interest of MJ and Indivisible. And um, I started to have meetings with the SROs. I, I need to come back full circle and reconnect with them. 
Um, also, recently, I got invited by the school district to participate in an SRO um, committee where we're talking about these issues and they're also looking to, um, aside from our committee, um, also putting a community um, group together. And so um, these conversations have been very valuable and um, I, I think very productive. The other thing with, um, oh, and I'm sorry, um, also working with Gabi and the Promotores Network, um, the King County Promotores Network group, um, they, they did a fantastic job of, I think a couple of years ago, if, correct me if I'm wrong, Gabi, but they conducted a survey within the Hispanic community here in Kirkland. And um, out of all the responses, they condensed all that, um, all that work into 10 top priorities. And so one of those priorities, um, number seven, is um, a lot of Hispanic people said that they wanted a connection to the police department. And so that um, is something that we're starting to talk about. Um, and trying to see how, what work we need to do in order to be able to answer to that priority um, uh, as these 10 top priorities are very valuable. And if, if you're not familiar with them, um, uh, please let me know so we can share them with you and, and you can see the 10 top things that the Hispanic community has in Kirkland are interested in. Um, a lot of them do touch on human services such as um, health care and wanting a community service center where um, they people can come in and um, learn about services or find resources. Uh, and so um, please let me know if you're interested in taking a look at that work. If you could send that out to the human services uh, email alias, that'd be great. Absolutely. Thanks. I was just looking because I just thought I just read um, today or yesterday that um, the teachers union for Bellevue came out with um, a policy statement about SROs that they were against SROs in the Bellevue school district. That yes. the teachers union came out. If, I, if I'm, I was trying to find it, but I, I couldn't put my finger on it quick enough. But is that right, MJ? Uh, it is right. Yeah, and they actually are gone from the Bellevue school, so they were against it being reintroduced, which is an issue that has come up. The Lake Washington Education Association has also made a statement against SROs. Thank you. I knew you. Know. I've, <laughs> I've not seen that, so if you could share it with me, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. Thanks, MJ. I will add it to the long list of things I need to email to you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. The other thing, if I could just interrupt for one second, that also Bellevue did today was they came out with a statement about anti-Semitism um, and they adopted the, um, I believe it's the Anti-Defamation League's policy statement as, as city policy. 
Um, so that's an interesting one too, that their leadership in, in the anti-Semitism space. So that's something to look at. I'll send that to you if I can find it. Thank you, I appreciate it. Gabby, I know you had your hand up at one point. Do you have a question? I know you pulled your hand down, but wanted to no, see. No, it was about the contract, but maybe I can send the, uh, well, uh, now that you <laughs> point the question, uh, you were talking about, when you were talking about the, the contract process that you were reviewing, uh, one of the points that uh, you were talking about, when you talk about the contract process with businesses, is that only businesses or are we just, or, or are, that it also include other organizations that the city make, makes contract with? Because uh, as a commission, as commission, we have a lot of contracts, right, Jen? <laughs> with organizations that are nonprofit organizations that are not considered businesses, but maybe that also should be part of the scope. And I know that this, we have been, uh, with other cities uh, uh, in trying to improve the tools and the uh, the way that we have uh, how how easy or how accessible I think the system is for organizations that provide services to the community, especially community-based organizations, to approach the cities to uh, request funding. So if if that can also be through. Uh, put through the DE, I'm sorry, I'm terrible with spelling in English, D-E-I-B -E <laughs> uh, uh, lens, I think that might be good to consider, or unless you have it, in, of course, already included in another uh, area or point. But I think that those, con con contract-wise, that also includes organizations that are not necessarily businesses. Thank you, Gavi. Um, actually, when I came on board, I had thought of uh, that we needed an equity review in that process. And then um, I, I got pulled away from that idea. The, the contracts that I'm talking about are not um, those types of, of contracts, but it, I definitely wrote it down so that we can talk about that. And that's something that I would work on closely with Jen. Thank you for bringing that up. It's very important. Does anybody else have any other comments or questions? How am I doing on time, Jen? Good, I would say another 15 minutes or so. So however you wanna kind of break that up. Okay, so maybe I, I won't dive uh, too deep, but just kind of mention some of the work um, with public works. Um, I've been working with um, our Title VI um, um, person coordinator, um, and uh, we're working around, oh, I'm sorry, let me back up. So Title VI is one of the titles in the Civil Rights Act, and so Title VI specifically speaks to um, any organization or agency that receives federal dollars, you have to implement a DB, DEIB lens through what the work that you're doing. And this has been in place in many, many years. Um, but there's been different levels and changes that I've seen throughout the work that I've done on Title VI on what the federal government requires in reporting. 
and so right now, because DEIB is um, something that is in the forefront of what everybody's talking about, I have seen that the federal government does require more reporting around Title VI. And so I've been working with our public works department on um, Title VI um, reporting and reporting process. Um, this work has been specifically to the federal funding received for transportation projects, but it's definitely something that I want to expand out because being here five months, I still haven't had the chance to really dive in and ask, besides transportation, where else are we receiving federal dollars and uh, what are the the reporting requirements for that money and who is actually um, really uh, obtaining that data and producing reports. Or maybe we're not, maybe we're not being asked to, but um, it's definitely something on my list to look into. But the work that I have done with uh, Christian Knight has been uh, valuable. And so currently, I like I mentioned, I'm working on a language access plan, and um, that will be very connected to the work that we do um, under Title VI. That's the main thing in public works. Um, with HR, um, just coming on board, we, we kind of took a dive into um, self-identification information that we are asking our employees. And so uh, I think the way that we were asking for demographic information around, around race, ethnicity, and gender was outdated. And um, one of the reasons why we were not even looking into updating that was because the system that we use to report those numbers to the federal government has not been updated. And so we have we had to um, first um, update our form and then ask um, um, representatives from the federal government how we were going to make this data um, kind of combined, combine it so that the city of Kirkland can get more specific data and then also be able to report it to them. And so through the work with HR, we were able to find a solution that worked. Um, we have also been working on um, increasing diversity in our firefighters team in recruitment. Um, we've been uh, working on different trainings that we wanna open up to staff and um, in the hiring process. And so throughout the, the work that I've been doing with the different departments in the last quarter, I was invited to participate in eight different interview panels. Uh, some were for staff positions and some were for consultants. Um, and so I've, I've learned uh, through those experiences um, uh, about how we do those, um, how we have, what our hiring process is like, and then what we need to um, expand on. Uh, planning, um, with planning, um, we really worked a lot last quarter on the equity review for um, the comp plan. And so, um, 
they just finished um, the equity review and also the outreach engagement review. And uh, starting, um, I think, next month in December and then going into the new year, they're going to start working on getting feedback from the community um, using these new tools. Um, I, I worked closely with them from hiring the consultants that conducted the review all the way to where we are now. And um, I can say that I'm very proud of the work that they did. If you get a chance to take a look at the comp plan, um, we, of course, want to hear your feedback. Um, as far as the equity review, I think that um, it was a great effort. Is it perfect? No, we are always going to be expanding towards more. And so um, uh, we're looking forward to getting on the ground uh, in connecting with the community on this plan to then um, learn how the next iteration of um, the comp plan and the review, um, what, what it'll be like and um, making it better. Um, and then uh, city attorney's office. So with the city attorney, I worked with them um, on part participating with the salary commission. Um, the salary commission looks at the salary for city council and typically they only meet once. And this year, because we're implementing the DIB lens, um, they, they met twice already uh, during that first quarter, and they will be meeting again next um, next quarter in January, I believe. And so um, I'm very excited that they have enthusiasm uh, to put the equity lens through this process. And then also I've been working with the city attorney's office on um, the civil rights and authorities. Uh, and that's just taking a look at the different titles of the Civil Rights Act and trying to determine how um, we respond to these uh, acts and what policies go with each of the different titles. And, um, and then besides that, trying to find a common place where everybody can access this information. And last but not least, parks. And so um, with parks, I've worked with uh, different staff on um, equity and inclusion language. And so for the different community um, programs um, that programs that are um, meant for the community, I, I remember one specifically being around um, a dance class for children to give you an example. Um, we had written the flyer that, we had this specific day for boys and this specific day for girls. And so um, for people that have um, children that don't identify, it makes it kind of, uh, it, it's not inclusive. It doesn't, it didn't feel right. And again, it, it didn't feel like it was something that was current. Um, and so we talked um, uh, about, using language and actually combining the classes. And so um, that's just an example, but there's been several instances of um, 
uh, these types of um, offerings to the community and just uh, really talking through and making sure that it's welcoming and inclusive for everyone. Um, uh, athletic field allocation policy and discrimination statement. And so um, it's basically the same thing, just kind of a review and, and applying the DIB lens, um, special events. Um, there was uh, or there is concerns about special events, especially at the marina park. And so I spoke with uh, several community members. Uh, we spoke to the businesses in the surrounding area and uh, parks um, delivered um, a great presentation to city council where they really captured um, the essence of these concerns. And so um, um, I'm that that is that process is not uh, complete yet, but it's something that we really focused on uh, last quarter. Um, we hosted our first Dia de los Muertos cultural event, and that was um, I think went very well. Um, Gabby participated in that as well. Um, I don't know if you want to add anything, Gabby. I couldn't participate. I was in Mexico. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, but you you were part of the planning. I'm sorry. You're right. Gabby's part of everything. Like she's a rock <laughs> artist, so it makes sense. It's true. Um, also, I've worked uh, around the ballot measure um that we have on the parks funding exploratory committee um and then human services and so um i've had the pleasure to work closely with jen and her team uh amanda and i have um uh continual conversations uh, in response to community um requests that come in as well as tenant protections uh, Amanda organized uh, tenant protection workshops uh, coordinated through uh, eLab, and um, I uh, she did a fantastic job at um, putting those together. Thank you, Amanda. Um, we are also with Gabby <laughs> and with um, Annie. Antoinette Smith, um, we've, um, we were part of the planning team around the health fair. And I don't know, Gabby, if you had a chance to talk about the health fair with this group, but um, it was a fantastic turnout. And um, besides the turnout and the services that were offered, I also like to add that there was a lot of connection to services. And so I've talked to people in the community where we're talking or coming together to talk about something completely different. And they tell me that they learned about something, a service, uh, an offering through the, through the, the health fair. And so um, I thought that that was very lovely to be able to make those connections. Jonathan, I know I saw you there. Um, so thank you for coming. And I, I hope for that sure. you were, I'm sorry. Yeah, for sure. It was, a, I was blown away. I mean, it was just a fabulous event. It was, it was great uh, opportunity just to meet with 
uh, many of the agencies that we provide funding for and otherwise, you know, they're just paper. I was telling the group that it's just like, you know, we don't really get a chance to, to press the flesh with the people that we read about, you know, and uh, this was, it was a fantastic event. Great job. It was. Yeah, great job on the human services team and the King County Promotores Network. Uh, Gabby and Mercedes, the team uh, really put a big effort into making it accessible and they had um, language um, access in different languages and it was just um, really incredible. Uh, thank you to everyone that participated and attended. Um, the pilot community center. And so I had mentioned earlier the, the 10 priorities from the Hispanic community, Hispanic Latinx community here in Kirkland. Um, and so the pilot community center is one of those priorities. And so it's definitely something that we are continuing to discuss to see um, what is possible in the future. And um, I have um, also connected a lot with the human services department um, in as we're trying to learn about growing communities um, in particular or specifically the Brazilian community. Um, they're Portuguese speaking and that uh, particular um, group is really expanding right now and recently um, Human Services and myself um, went over to, um, um, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm not remembering the name of the school. Samayatin. Thank you, Reggie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Reggie and Annie came with me and I also brought Don, who's part of my team. And we sat down with a, a big group of, of, um, I'm going to call them a DEI group, but that overall, that's not the group, but the principal was present and different social workers, counselors, and people that are really trying to help communicate uh, the curriculum to the students and um, really learning about what this expanding community needs um, within the school system and it, it was um very re rewarding and i'm sure that we'll continue um to connect and um that's it for the first quarter jen did i leave anything else that you wanted me to share about our work together with human services erica's just been a little busy the last quarter <laughs> She's also on the evaluation committee for the teen union building proposal. So she's been able to provide really valuable feedback on that process as well. Thanks, Jen. And so now just quickly, what am I working on now um, for deliverables for this second quarter? Um, I'm going to deliver the language access plan. I'm also working on a DIB cultural event policy. This cultural event policy will be tied to a cultural um, event calendar. Um, and also, um, it kind of ties into the work that we've been doing around the proclamations. And I spoke a little bit about that. Um, and so that I'm, I'm delivering that 
I have one more month to to uh, finalize these two um, uh, documents, um, and then uh, also I will my team will be focusing more on health through housing, and so um, I think the work that was happening this summer uh, was a, a lot around policy, and I think those discussions continue, but once it gets down more uh, into working with the community, it'll come over to my team. Um, we already talked a lot about the equity and contracting, and then I mentioned the city leadership program. Gabby does not like that name, and I've taken note. So uh, <laughs> we're going to work on that. Um, also, um, um, Andriana Campbell, if you know her, she's part of my team and she heads the volunteer program. And so we're also working on delivering a volunteer appreciation night um, that will be um, happening the second quarter next year and then through what Don, our senior uh, engagement coordinator, um, he is heading the neighborhood work and along with that, the neighborhood safety program. And I'm going to stop there. I'm so sorry I went, I went so long. <laughs> no, that's why you're here. I know the group is interested. So I don't know if folks have any questions. Now is the time to ask Erica before we let her hopefully go home for the evening. <laughs> Wouldn't you have time to sleep or rest? Uh, you've been really busy. <laughs> Um, I, I have been working long days, but I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And I think it's essential. I don't want to say no when, when staff asks me to participate, um, because there's so much to learn and so much to do that I feel that I really need to, um, take part and really value those invitations. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, Amanda. Gabby, then Michelle. Oh, Gabby. Uh, well, uh, first, uh, uh, congratulations. And I think it was, uh, it, it's a great thing to have you on board here in the city of Kirkland. Uh, I think it, it was a very necessary thing. And I know you're super busy. So my question would be, what do you need from us as a commission? And maybe this is not a question that you can or would like to answer right now. And maybe you would like to sleep on it or make a wish list or I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I, I think it's we, we need we need this also in the commission. And, and, and so what can we do to support the efforts that you are doing in the city or, or in, in the area that we are working in here? So maybe you thank you, Gabby. Know. That is so nice. And I think right now I don't have you're right. I don't have specifics. But what I can say is to please invite me um, if if you think that I could bring value to a conversation or maybe you just want me to listen in uh, to a particular conversation because it's something that we can work on and expand on, I, I would love to come. Thank you. I really appreciate that.
Thank you, Gabby. Michelle, in the guise of Amanda. Oh, oh I just realized. Yeah, sorry, I'll change my name. I forgot that I <laughs> Amanda's name. Try, not trying to steal your name, Amanda. Um, well, thank you so much for all you do for your presentation and for all you're doing for the city. It's just great. Um, well, the question I had was that uh, Jonathan has sort of led us in uh, in an effort to, uh, I don't know if I'm going to uh, summarize this right, but in to try to uh, attract grant proposals from some uh, Native American organizations or organizations that would be serving Native Americans in our community. And I wondered through your work whether you have learned uh, anything about specifically about uh, Native American residents and what their needs are. And I don't know, you're, you know, you've been doing so much, whether you've had a chance to connect with Native American uh, folks in our community and, and learn something about what their needs may be. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's a great question. Um, so I have started to. Um, I, I started to connect with our Native American partners that participated with the city in drafting and draft writing the land acknowledgement in our um, historical document. And so I started with that list. I have not met with everybody on that list, but I'm hoping that um, through connecting with them that they'll also connect me to others that would want to work with me. And what I'm telling those that I've already met with is that I wanna come to them without an ask. And I think that's important in relationship building mm -hmm. because, um, you know, it, there's just always so much going on and it's like, let's let's call our partners and get feedback. And uh, usually our partners are so great at, at providing um, the feedback that we need, but um, uh, just based, barely now trying to make those contacts, I just wanna come to them and have like a genuine one-on-one -on -one greeting with them and mm -hmm. then, um, and then determining what what they need from us to be able to work on on related projects. Mm -hmm. If you learn more um, about the needs of uh, of Native Amer American folks in our community, if you could you know share with us whatever you you know as you as you have conversations with with the with your uh, contacts, maybe you can uh, let us know what you what you learn, pass it on to us. I will, thank you, that's thank you. very nice. Thank you. All right, any other questions for Erica? Well, thank you so much, Erica. It was very nice to get to know you and thank you for joining us for tonight. Uh, for another late night, late work night. We do appreciate all of your work and it sounds like you've been super, super busy, uh, but with very, very good results. So we look forward in uh, working with you in the future. 
Thank you so much. Thank you for listening uh, to my long presentation. And like I said, I I welcome your feedback if if you have questions or or anything. Thank you, Jen, for providing my email address. Was it was it you, Jen? Thank you. Um, please contact me. And again, I'd love to um, be part of the work that you do. So you please invite me whenever you see it's relevant. Great. Thank you so much. Good night. Good night. Thanks, Erica. Thank you, Jen. All right. Next, we have Jen on an update with the Human Services Grant recommendations following the City Council hearing uh, last week. Jen. Yes. Thank you. Um, how nice is it to not hear me talk all meeting long and someone <laughs> else come in? <laughs> What an exciting time, but I do have yet again, another slide deck for you all on grants. So here we go. All righty. So just to do a quick um, kind of foundation setting again, kind of where we've been and where we are now, I can tell you this is the last update tonight. So there will be no additional updates. Council has come to a decision. So the funding request that came out of the commission to city council was in the form of three options, as you are all very well aware. So the first option was fully expanding the base budget for human services grant funding for 23 and 24 and then asking council to consider additional one-time funding in the form of option B and option C. So that total was in the range of about $2.5 million. So since then, as you know, we have come back and council had asked the commission to create a ranked priority list if they were not able to allocate additional dollars beyond what the city manager allocated um, in his and now at this point, October 24th presentation to city council. So we came to you November 1st during that special meeting. And this was the table that we had showed you. So as a reminder, um, he activated, so Kurt, the city manager, he activated $1,406. And so that's why that base budget number went up. Um, so 1406 supports rent assistance. So we were able to move some additional programs and fully fund those into option A. And because of that, you'll see some shifting that happened with option B and option C. So when city council received an updated budget proposal at the November 15th meeting, um, they were looking at that 192,000 number per year to see if they wanted to allocate additional dollars to be able to fully fund all three options. There was a spicy last minute addition um, where the King County Promotorist Network um, was in conversations with our team, specifically Annie, who has led this project and supported the Promotorist in the last two years, um, the health fair. So the health fair emerged out of the pandemic. So the original intent um, of the event in 2021 was really to incre increase awareness and access to COVID vaccines and boosters recognizing that um, not only the Latinx and Hispanic community in Kirkland and the broader East side, but other communities that often experience barriers or have had historical um, trauma when it comes to accessing healthcare, um, specifically around um, kind of being able to access those basic needs, right? So 
The first event was in 2021. And then as Erica and Gabby alluded to, and I know we talked about it at the last meeting, had another really wonderful, successful event in 2022. So that kind of kicked off the conversation of what about funding for 23 and 24? So in 21 and 22, both of the health fairs were funded by ARPA dollars, which was a great resource to have, but that money will not be here in the future. That was one-time funding from the federal government. So um, Mercedes, who um, heads up the Promotorist Network, actually submitted a funding letter request to city staff and the city manager to consider it as part of the budget process. So um, it was included um, to council as a consideration as part of the grants request overall. And they did ask staff recommendation of how it stacked up against some of the other grants that they saw. And so we said, you know, it, it serves a pretty, like when we look at the framework that the commission presented and allocated and kind of being able to prioritize smaller organizations that are doing really meaningful work within their own communities, we think that it, you know, it, it's a pretty big priority of the city and we think it would be a priority of the commission. And so that was um, presented alongside kind of with that $192,000 for council consideration. So the question was, do you wanna fund the remaining $192,000? And do you also want to consider funding the Promotorist Network um, to support the health fair for the next two years? And the absolutely exciting news is you got all of it. Woo! So not only did you get the 192,000, but they also allocated additional dollars to support the health fair for the next years. They didn't want to take away from the work that the commission had done and essentially slide down four programs that were part of your original recommendation in September um, at the meeting on the 20th. And so they actually move some money around out of what um, is called their special projects budget to be able to support the health fair for the next two years. So it's an additional $230,000 annually on top of about $2.3 million that was included in the budget. So I just want to do a quick summary of where we were way back in the spring and where we are here today. So um, as you remember, you got a record number of requests and a huge ask from the community, um, which we all know is just indicative of the huge need that we continue to see um, as we come out of the pandemic. So for 23-24, the requests overall from the 109 applications you received was $4.2 million per year, which just about doubled what you saw in 21-22. So your base budget originally when we started was 1.7 million and you decided to be bold and go to council and say, you know what, we need more money. We need about 2.6 million actually, because the need is just that significant. And that is what has been approved in the budget is that $2.6 million that you're seeing. So you're seeing almost a million dollars extra in human services funding because of the recommendations that you prepared for council and the support of city manager and city council recognizing the importance in being able to address the need at a variety of levels, um, whether that's mental health, housing, being able to support smaller organizations that are supporting really specific community needs. So 
what does that look like? Um, the other really fun, exciting thing that came out of this group was being able to adjust the framework and be really intentional about supporting smaller organizations that may not have as many resources that are mostly led by and supporting BIPOC folks. And so you'll see there in that third bullet um, of that 2.6 million, about 19% is going towards BIPOC organizations, um, which is 22% of the programs that you're supporting, which is huge compared to what has happened in previous years. Um, if you remember in the past, it's been about nine to 10%. So it's double what it was in previous budget cycles, which is really phenomenal. And I think given what Erica just presented is really in alignment with where the city wants to go and being able to create more opportunities instead of more barriers to have smaller organizations be able to receive funding from the city. So um, we were able to fund about 62% of funding requests, which is in the ballpark of on average, what we've been able to fund in the past, which considering we hit historic levels of asks this year, that's actually really impressive. Um, and there's no way we would have hit that number without that additional funding from council. So of the total 109, 74 of those applications were submitted um, by applicants. And if you're like, what do you mean? Which ones weren't, you know, which ones were funded that weren't submitted via application? So just as a reminder, there's three City of Kirkland programs that we do um, use grant funding to support. So that's our human services coordinator position that's focused on well-being. So Amanda's position our hotel voucher program, and then funding for the new homeless street outreach position that will come online in early 2023. And then the two set aside um, allocations for both the indigenous community and the black and African-American community. So those are those five programs that technically no applications were received, um, but they did receive funding. So, Amazing job. Um, this group did such phenomenal work and we are so proud to be able to support you um, and be able to elevate kind of your priorities and recommendations during this process. So next steps um, is really fun uh, contracting on the staff side. So we're supporting 79 programs, which means we have to start 79 contracts. Uh, which is a bit of a bear, but that's why we have a team. So um, the budget does um, get voted and approved at the December 13th meeting. So leading up to that, knowing that we do have full funding for the grants, um, staff will start the process of notifying agencies about the level of funding that they received. And with that funding, we'll begin the contracting process. So meeting with each agency, to develop a scope of work. So that will look at number of residents served, the different outcomes they wanna to use to measure success of the program um, and the different service units that they wanna report on. So service units are things like number of case management hours or number of community events hosted at a affordable housing property, things like that. So each staff member has an assigned number of programs. And so they will start that process in early December. And then for the two set aside amounts that we have, we do want to be mindful that that money is activated in January and we don't want to have to sit on that money. So 
um, staff is going to start the process of coming up with a couple different recommendations of direction the commission can take in making a decision on how they want to allocate those dollars. Um, so I will stop there. That is all I have in regards to grants. So I can see all your faces. But I just want to say congratulations again. You asked for what you wanted and you got it all, which is amazing. So congratulations. It's very exciting. I just want to say thank you, Jen, and, and you know, the rest of the staff, Reggie, you know, Annie, Amanda, um, really good, good job just kind of getting, helping us through with all our different analysis and different pivots and all those kind of breakdowns. Um, I thought we, we did a very good job, you know, setting our intentions and building a framework and helping us to prioritize. And I think it shows it showed in the uh, in the council that uh, they they were very supportive the way that we thought about uh, how we prioritize our um, the grants. So thank you all. Uh, I thought this was an excellent outcome. So I couldn't have done it with everyone uh, here. All right. Now, party. party time. What I, what I will do um, is I'll send out a final list so you can see how everything shook out. So you can see it. We didn't include it in the packet. Um, there's a couple. There's a couple small changes that we needed to make. Um, some of the colas put some agencies over, so it was like, oh, they're over by twenty dollars. So we just had to do some slight adjusting. So we'll send out the final version once we have it. I am so happy, uh, but uh, I don't know uh, if it is appropriate or not, because this is my first year here. And I didn't know we were going to have this super lottery, winning the lottery this big, but would it be appropriate to send? I would, I would like to send a, a, an appreciation message to the council. Uh, I mean, something that represents all of us, if everybody's in agreement, because uh, we put there our wildest dreams based on what we think, or and also thanks to your guidance and the guidance of uh, all the staff members. And But we wouldn't be able to have these without this, the support from the council members. And, and, and then they also be involved in telling whoever it was necessary, well, go and get that money because we want to support this. So I think, I don't know, how we, can we do that? Or how we can do that? And if we can do it as a group, sending, I mean, maybe a recognition letter, I mean, something. What, what, do, you, what do you think? You certainly can. You can prepare something as a group and have Gilda submit it um, as chair of the commission. And I think that they would love to receive that. Um, I would also say that our city manager has done a lot of work and being able to move money around and activate. Um, and he's a huge supporter of human services and making it happen. So um, if you're interested, that would be my recommendation is to council and then Kurt. Sounds good. Love it. Awesome. It's a great idea, uh, Gabby. Who wants to draft it? Gabby, do you want to draft it? I don't know if my English is good enough to do that, John. 
Your, your English is better than <laughs> No, you, you should do it. It's your idea. Well, I, 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 can, I can put it and then you can polish it. <laughs> we can all look at it, yeah. We, all, we will all help. I always need help remembering to like, how are you supposed to address the council? Beloved mayor, dearest vice mayor. I know, there's like a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, there, there's, there's a protocol that I'm not familiar with. So yep. so we, need, we'll we, need look help, we need help, no? <laughs> we, we can judge it as much as you want us to. Okay. Sounds good. All right. That so is just incredible. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. Um, yeah, I remember when we were ranking and then mid mid ranking, Jen's like, "Hold on, <laughs> got some news." <laughs> that was wonderful. Okay, so we're gonna end our business section with a quick update on the KTUB proposal process. Uh, Jen, I imagine you're gonna pass it to Amanda. Um, let's let's discuss KTUB update. I am not going to pass it to Amanda. I'm just going to provide a quick little update. But if Amanda has anything else she wants to add, I would invite her to. Um, so originally we were going to come with Sarah Schillenberger, who's the recreation manager tonight. So Reggie and I have been working with her um, for the KTIB process. So as a reminder, it's really a two-pronged um, process. So the city released a request for a proposal for vendors who were interested in operating the space to submit a proposal for consideration. And at the same time, the city is also proposing um, its own proposal of how it would use the space. And so the original intent was to come to this meeting with the city's proposal and the top one to two external proposals to share them with you and to get feedback um, on the different services that are being offered among the different proposals. And that feedback would then be implemented into the memo that would go to council um, originally in December. So we've had to shift the timeline a little bit. And I know, I know, I just haven't had enough of you all. So we are going to meet December 13th for a special meeting but this is really an incredible opportunity to provide feedback on a space and how it's going to be used for the next five years. I know this group is really interested in how the community is positioning itself to support youth, and in particular, youth that are not often accessing spaces like this. So um, we wouldn't ask unless it was really important. And so it seems like overwhelmingly folks are interested in being able to provide that feedback. And so the plan is to have Reggie and Sarah and I present on the city's proposal and then the top one to two external proposals, collect your feedback, and we will go to council in January. In, Janu in January, council will decide if they wish to move forward with a proposal at that time, assuming they have enough information to make that decision. So um, as I mentioned before, um, there's no, you know, I would say, some folks have asked, why did you open it up to a competitive bidding process if the city is creating its own proposal? We're not an expert in running a teen center and having staff um, suited to meet the behavioral health needs, the social program needs, the rec needs. 
Um, we do have strengths in being able to have multiple arms of the city be able to come together to come um, to come up with what that vision could look like. Um, but we also recognize there's a lot of experts working in the community that have this background and expertise in running a space like this. So um, we're excited to bring the information to you in December. Um, but that's really all I have. It's just letting you know that we're a little delayed on our timeline and appreciate your your flexibility and willingness to meet, to be able to provide feedback. I don't imagine it will be a two-hour meeting. We're hoping to do it in about an hour. Um, so it won't be a two-hour meeting. Um, we don't need that much time. Um, yeah. Logistically, Jen, I have a quick question. I think, um, is it, is it, has calendar invite been sent out yet? I don't believe so. Got it. Okay. And I imagine we would um, have an invite at some point. Yes. Perfect. Annie will send it out. Awesome. Great. That's all I got. Jonathan. Yeah. Um, what was my question? Uh, oh, can we get the proposals ahead of time so we can pre-read them? Yes. They will be in the packet. Um, so that will get posted probably like the ninth or something like that yeah so it'll be posted um by the seventh and oh. that should give you enough time they're in the ballpark of about 20 to 25 pages each ooh, ooh. that's nothing how many applications did you read over the summer <laughs> oh my god uh just to keep me well oiled i guess okay. right <laughs> I'm sorry, some 20 something pages for how many? Two at oh. the max. It may just be one. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Jonathan. All right. If there are no other questions, then we're going to move on to any commissioner's uh, reports. Okay. And then, oh, Michelle. Um, so what I so first a, a question, um, Jonathan's proposal for to uh, allocate funding for RFPs uh, from Native American and BIPOC groups. I think did that pass? I didn't see it in the slides, and I and did that end up going through? I thought it did. Is that am I correct on that? Yeah. So we included it in option C. So okay, represented right. in that number. Okay, I thought you know it was getting positive reaction, so I thought that was the case. But I wanted to confirm. So I just wanted to mention. So I have a a, a friend who is who was in the masters, uh, my recent masters program with me, and she's been she is Native American, and unfortunately I've forgotten which tribe, and I don't want to say the wrong one. So I'm, uh, but she's. Uh, member of a local tribe and she has been in a leadership position. Uh, she's a consultant for Native American groups working with the government and both local, I think, and federal government. And she's had a lot of really interesting leadership roles. And she said, I mentioned to her what we were trying to do. And she said, well, let's have a conversation because I asked her if she could, you know, provide some information about what she finds that her, uh, that the Native American communities that she's been working with, what they, what their needs tend to be. And she said, well, let's, you know, have a conversation and so forth. And she'd be happy to give some insight. 
but I wanted wondered if this group uh, had some ideas of questions that they'd like me to ask her. I think she could be just a great resource because I think she can point us. I was going to ask her if she knew of, and I'm sure she does, right? Of organizations uh, in the Seattle area who are providing good services for Native American uh, folks, and and uh, and so I'm, you know, that was one of the things I was going to ask her. But I thought I could ask our commission if you folks have some ideas of questions that you'd like me to ask her. Does anybody have any suggestions? Since I think she's going to be a great resource. Um, what I might uh, what I might ask her when I get together with her? Yeah, you're you're preaching to the choir. Um, what I'm thinking of is, hey, could you basically help connect us or connect um, organizations that serve Native Americans um, with the human services staff or how they can apply? Um, I think we're thinking the same thing. Okay. Um, so you think this idea of asking her um, about organizations that she can connect us with is is really the main question? She's far more qualified than I am, and I'm really appreciative that you connected uh, with her. And my hope is that the next uh, round of funding will be able to like have hard decisions to make because we have multiple organizations that applied. Mm -hmm. Okay. Any other suggestions of something that uh, that I should make sure to talk to her about? Okay. And and then one more thing while I've got the Gildas, if you don't mind, one more thing um, I wanted to bring up is that um, as we get into our, you know, spend the year learning more about other issues and so forth to prepare for the uh, future grant cycle, one of the things uh, Jen, that I was hoping we could look into a bit is that guns today are now the leading cause of death for children is my understanding that it's past other um, other diseases and other causes of death. And I'm wondering what we, as, since it is a public, uh, very serious uh, public health issue or even crisis, uh, how we that might be something that we could look into what we can be doing in terms of prevention in with our commission. So that's all. I won't keep you all longer, but those are two things I wanted to bring up. Great. Thank you so much. Okay. Any other commissioner report or announcements? All right. Um, with that, I'd uh, love to entertain. Jen, you were about to say something. Yes, I have a staff report. I'm not a commissioner. Oh, sorry, staff reports. <laughs> um, two updates. So the first is on recruitment for the open commission seats. So as you know, the application window closed October 27th, and there was a small subcommittee formed by council members to review the applications that were received. I believe there were nine applications received for the adult seat and one application received for the youth. Um, and the subcommittee has identified four applicants they are intending to interview for the adult seat. And they're um, interviewing, sorry, words are hard, it's 8 p.m. 
um, they're interviewing the one youth that applied for the youth seat. So that will happen on December 13th. So come January, hopefully you will have two new commissioners um, that have been appointed. So excuse me. So once we have that information, um, we will send that to you as well as try to onboard them um, as quickly as possible. So um, the youth seat is slated to be up in March of next year. So depending on age, um, we'll see what happens there, but the adult seat is their term runs through 2025. So any questions there? Okay. Do we know anything about the demographic breakdown of the applicants who are moving forward? So here's something that's interesting. There is this hyper-focus on commissioner demographics right now and council demographics, and that is not something that is asked okay. as part of the process. So, and I, I tend to, I, I tend to avoid making assumptions, um, as I'm sure you all understand kind of the complications around that. Um, but from my understanding, it is a diverse pool, um, but I don't have any specific information that points to that. So that's actually something I've talked to Erica about is starting to track that because there's been a lot of conversation around the different groups that we have at the city and a few folks have made comments about this group and said, the Human Services Commission is not diverse at all. And I'm like, <laughs> I would very much disagree with that. So um, I think that's an area that we can improve on. And again, showing who we're extending opportunities to throughout the city, in particular volunteer positions. And I think there's an equity component of who has the privilege and ability to be able to sit on a volunteer basis and provide their time without being compensated for it, um, which is something that we're also looking at um, through an equity lens and being able to try to help create more diverse opportunities and being able to compensate for that. I'd just like to say, in case this is helpful as you make that argument, that there are people who I reached out to about applying who said that they couldn't yeah. do it if it was an unpaid position. So I know that there are good candidates who yeah. would bring good voices to us that we are missing out on. Yeah. Thank you. I That's actually really excellent feedback. Um, the other thing I wanted to touch on quickly is just the 2023 um, meeting format. So I know we had briefly touched on this at the last meeting and we had sent out an email asking what commissioner's preference is. Um, there's also an update um, coming out of the budget process. So um, if you are asking for additional funding outside of what was been approved in the base budget, um, you can submit a proposal that's called a service package. So there was a service package that is under consideration right now to allow IT to expand their services, to allow groups like this be able to offer a hybrid format. So right now the city is pretty limited in being able to offer hybrid in a way that doesn't require several staff outside of council meetings. So that service package has been adjusted and it's still under consideration to be able to expand to support commissions and councils um, for 23 and 24. 
I think the city recognizes that the hybrid format um, is a preference of the different groups. It creates more flexibility. Um, I think even if the service package is approved as part of the budget, it won't be an immediate rollout that all commissions and groups will be able to access. Right now, the planning commission, um, I believe, is kind of in that um, tester seat and being able to figure out how it's working. So they have a lot of um, folks that come and provide public comments. So they felt like that was a group, good group to start with. So with that, um, we heard back from most of you and it is like a dead split on whether or not you want in-person or virtual. So my question to you is going into January, what would you like to do? And this is essentially like we're trying to get a sense of a schedule, at least to start. If the hybrid changes, we certainly can make adjustments, but for now, we do need to select one. I know some folks said, oh, I'd like to be able to do both or rotating, things like that. Um, I think that can be a challenge from like a public access perspective and having to change that every other month per se. So I would encourage the group to choose one. Um, yeah, I'll I'll pause there. I see Jonathan has his hand up. Well, I was just going to... I didn't know what you were going to say at the end there, but I was going to say, why don't we do, you know, January in person and February virtual, but if that's too much of a, a task for, um, because he said to split, then we should split the opportunity. But um, <clears throat> that's what I would be in favor of if it's uh, uh, doable from a logistic standpoint. Um, yeah, if we can't do Zoom and in person, then I would, I would opt for the uh, alternating. Uh, Michelle, then Jory. I, I uh, would say like Jonathan that, but I understand that Jen's saying that there's a problem with that, but it, to me, it seems like it would be ideal if we could alternate. Jory. Um, I'm actually for meeting virtually, but I say for January, why don't we just meet up and see how like good or bad it is and if we all like it we keep doing it if we kind of like say oh this is not the greatest because of traffic or whatever maybe go back to virtual i don't know if that's an option though but uh that's why i would suggest we meet in person just to see like will it work okay gabby i also have a preference for virtual um there are several there are several days on Tuesdays that I work, and I I stop working at six o'clock a little bit after that. So it's going to be, um, in several Tuesdays might be difficult for me to arrive on time, and the virtual gives me the capacity or the capability of just switching from one to another. Very I mean, that's that's the thing. Uh, if I need to vote for January, I remember that last January there were we were, we had snow and things like that, and I don't want to drive in snow. <laughs> I I don't drive in snow uh, because it's very dangerous, and my car and, and and the city that I live in is not, you know, it has an incline, so I don't drive. So if there is snow, I don't want to go <laughs> in person. That is that is super that is super smart. Uh, no, thank you all for your feedback. 
Um, it sounds like we're leaning towards virtual. Um, so why don't we make January virtual for now and then we can reevaluate um, maybe spring or summertime when the weather is better then we can we can be in person. Uh, one thing I, I do, I, sw I definitely am on the ones that are rotating. I think with the new commissioners coming on board, I do think having in-person will be better in just sort of getting to know them, uh, just building us as a working group together. Uh, but there's no reason to, to think that it wouldn't work in a virtual sense because all of us had to do that. So, um, so I see no reason. And then also, I also enjoy doing virtual because I do think it lowers the barriers for presenters to come in uh, where they have only three minutes to speak uh, as a public comment. So I do think it's a, it's a lower barrier to come in and just speak and then, and then, um, and then leave at their own choosing. So, so uh, I think right now I'm, I'm seeing lean, lean towards virtual January and then we can decide, okay, thumbs up. Uh, and then we guess later. Jen, does that work for you and your team? Yeah, my I guess my recommendation would be it's just it's it's a higher lift on the staff's end to alternate locations and have to we have to public notice all the meetings. So to have to change it every other month is an additional lift in figuring out where we can establish meeting spaces. So that cadence is a little harder. So I, I would recommend if you want to do in person and virtual maybe meeting in person once a quarter and virtual the rest of the time yep. um, to start. And that would kind of align with the nicer weather. So yeah, January, February, you meet virtually and then March we can meet in person and kind of see how that plays out Yeah, um, versus yeah. every other month. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not every other month. It sounds like that. That is a, a lift. So why don't we go at least Jan, Feb, is March usually really cold and has, has no? Yes. It could. It could. Why don't we do first quarter virtual one and see how it goes? Okay. All right. And we'll keep you updated on the hybrid piece. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, Jen. Okay, with that, uh, if there are no other reports or announcements, I would love, a motion, I would love to entertain a motion to adjourn for tonight. I move we adjourn. All right, thank you, Michelle. Do I hear a second? No one wants second. to second. Second. <laughs> you don't want to be here all night. <laughs> all right, thank you, everyone. Have a wonderful week and uh, stay warm and have fun with your folks. You thank too. you. All right, bye. bye.